Hey neighbor, I appreciate you stopping by. It's a great evening tonight. Fall's in the air. Won't be long. It'll be Christmas time. But hey, pull up a chair. I'll run inside the house and get you a cup of joe. I'll be right back. It's interesting what you discover as you prepare for a podcast. As I was preparing this short podcast on heaven, I was trying to find the word to describe the video image in my head that passes through from time to time. It's vivid, like the memory of a past event, but it's something that hasn't happened yet. It may have come from a dream originally, but I don't remember ever having this particular video in my head as a dream. Yet the mental movie in my head is very real. In the midst of trying to find the word to call this thing, I discovered something about myself. I'm a visual-spatial learner. I think in pictures and video-like sequences. The discovery of the term visual-spatial learner is new to me, but the reality of how I think isn't. But I did not know that this is not the way that all people think. The majority of people, some scientists say as many as two-thirds, think in words. My wife primarily thinks in words. As they say, opposites attract. This new awareness helps me understand why I had such a hard time getting started in school. School systems are mainly auditory, sequential-oriented, which results in mainly visual-spatial thinkers having problems at school. In first grade, a few of my subjects were doubled up on me, plus I'm red-green deficient, so I had a hard time learning my colors as well. I can still see me sitting in my room with my mom holding a deck of color flashcards. She would show me a card, and I would have to guess the color. I would get the color wrong, then she'd flip the card over and show me what the color was. It's impossible to memorize the color name when you can't see the color. I eventually adapted and did well in school academically, but it was a rough start. Anyway, this video vignette that plays in my head is consistent. I see myself in my living room, not my present living room, but the living room in the video vignette. It's a large, spacious living room with a tall, vaulted ceiling, a two-story-sized vault. There's a fireplace behind me over my left shoulder, which would be camera right, I see myself sitting on a long white sofa, sort of like the one Elvis had in his formal living room there at Graceland, that first home he purchased located in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm dressed in white. Susan, my wife, comes and sits down next to me on the couch. We sit there for a while. I get up from the couch, walk over to the staircase that's back behind me to the left of the fireplace there along the back wall of the house. I walk up the steps in the tall two-story stairwell and come to a landing. I stop at the landing and face a large, solid plate glass window that starts at waist high, then continues all the way up to the top of the stairwell. The waist high window sill creates a small ledge effect. I stand there, leaning with my hands against the ledge, looking down into the backyard. There's a large tree in the backyard, just slightly to the right. It's in full fall colors. There are a lot of fall leaves on the ground. As I breathe, standing there in the stairwell in front of that large plate glass window, looking down at the ground with all the fall leaves, I smell the aroma of fresh construction. The house is new and it's pristine. I am quiet and I'm at peace. I know I'm at home. I then turn to make my way up the staircase. This is where the mental vignette ends. I share this story with my wife and ask her what she thought it means. I told her it seems so real. I don't think it's some hidden desire for new, bigger, or better dwelling here. The standout elements are the color white, the companionship without words, 
the sense of great peace, the smell of new, and the fall scene outside. She said that perhaps I was seeing through to the other side, into heaven, something to come. It definitely has that feel, a mental vignette of something to come. The fact that she and I were there living in the same house, like husband and wife, bothered me at first, because the Bible makes it clear in Matthew 22, verse 30, that in the, res- in the resurrection, that we neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels in heaven. The reason for that is because in heaven, the Bible teaches us that we are one family. We are brothers and sisters who have been adopted into Jesus Christ's family. As I have mulled over the image of Susan and I living together in that house in the context of heaven, I've come to think that it is that which transcends this present life, my friendship with my wife. She is my wife, but she is also my best friend on this earth, male or female. Our marriage relationship ceases at death, but our best friend status, founded on our eternal friendship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, continues forever. When we all get to heaven, we are still going to be human in glorified, resurrected bodies, Remember, the Bible says that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Immediately after his ascension into heaven, the angels told the disciples, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 7, John's vision starts with this startling video vignette. He says, Look, and a good translation is, Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him, so it is to be. Amen. Because of what Jesus did for us by conquering death in the grave, through salvation he offers freely to each of us, we have the ability and eternal blessing to have continuity of life forever, if we will only trust him. One of my favorite old hymns says, Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord, and he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word. Only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him now. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. For Jesus shed his precious blood, rich blessings to bestow. Plunge now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Yes, Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in him without delay, and you are fully blessed. Come then and join this holy band, and on to glory go, to dwell in that celestial land where joys immortal flow. Can I say without a doubt that this video vignette in my mind is a peek into heaven and things to come? No, but why should I doubt if it is in fact just that? Jesus said when he walked here on the earth that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it's near. In the model prayer Jesus gave us in order to teach us how to pray, he said, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Ephesians chapter 2, he says that you were dead in trespasses and sins, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Friend, this time of compression and world darkness can be a time of personal spiritual growth and great peace. As things get weirder and harder, our internal equilibrium can advance in spite of the external agitation. As life gets harder here, I think more about the promised life in heaven. For those on this planet who are lost and don't know Jesus, this present life is all they have. If they refuse to say yes to Jesus, 
Then at the end of this brief life, they face an eternity of separation from the holy God and total loss of things as they are now. The famous rock guitarist Eddie Van Halen just died this past week at the age of 65. I wonder, did Eddie ever come to a knowledge of the truth and get saved? If not, he passed from those final days of battling terrible cancer to lift up his eyes in hell. If you know Jesus, don't let this fallen world system dictate or control your inner thinking. Read the Bible and think on those things. If you don't know Jesus, give serious thought to your present spiritual condition and allow Jesus to adopt you into his family. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Dear friend, my prayer for you today is that God will flood your mind with a sense of peace in the midst of this agitated world and that you will know the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hey, you've been listening to Guadot Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. My name's Kenny Price. I've been your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. I invite you, reach out to others. Tell them the good news about this podcast. It can be a great source of encouragement for them and help them focus their mind on things above and not on this world that is passing away. Also, if you would take time to look at the show notes there, you'll find information for your spiritual growth. And you can find also information on how you can know for certain that when you die, you go to heaven. That's my prayer for every person on the planet. Until next time, my friend, I bid you peace.